how to start a side hustle in seven key steps. What's up? What's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. I've been working on a little theory over here on what separates those who have side hustle success, who have entrepreneurial success from those who don't. And if you stick with me in this episode, I'll lay out what I've found as the seven key ingredients in starting, growing, and maintaining extra income streams. Whether you're an established business owner or you're just starting out, I think you'll find this is a helpful framework for your projects and to think about where you have the biggest opportunities for improvement this year. And of course, I didn't arrive at this theory all on my own. So I've enlisted some help from past Side Hustle Show guests to help walk me through it. Ingredient number one is motivation. This is your driving why behind starting down this path. What is your side hustle going to afford you? Why do you do it? Making any sort of change isn't easy. So what's pulling you to do that? This is Rob Dion from OpenSkyFitness.com and episode 261. As a personal trainer, he confronts this why with clients all day long. People always ask me, how do I get my mom to start eating healthy? How do I get my husband to start eating healthy? Or whatever it is, some, some, some friend or significant other. And the problem is, is that they can't get healthy unless they really want to. We kind of have those markers in our lives where we realize, oh man, <laughs> this isn't going well. I need to change something or fix something here. So that's where, that's where it starts. Like you got to want it. Yeah, you really got to want it. Exactly. You got to want it. I got a note from an email subscriber the other day. And it said, Nick, this all sounds great, but the truth is, I'm just too lazy. So first off, love the honesty. But second, I can't help lazy. It's got to come from inside. There's an important note I want to make here as well. And that's that I believe we're all inherently lazy until we start chasing something that matters to us. Laziness is like the default setting. But at a certain point, you might realize laziness isn't getting you where you want to go. Or you can substitute laziness for your current path, your current trajectory. If something isn't working, change it. But that motivation has to come from within. If you don't want it, you're not going to work for it. Derek Depker in episode 290 took it one step further, calling the identity habit the true keystone habit. This is where you convince yourself of the type of person you are or the type of person you will become. The identity kind of gives birth to a lot of our other actions and behaviors. And as we'll get into, though, you can start to change your behaviors and work backwards to start to shift your identity by doing different things and affirming different things about your identity. And the last common trait I found in successful side hustlers under motivation was some form of accountability. In our day jobs, we're used to the structure and management hierarchy and working in teams. In other words, there's a lot of built-in accountability But in a solo side hustle, especially in the early days, you don't have that. So you have to create it. Maybe that's just a weekly check-in call with a friend who's on a similar path. Maybe that's a mastermind group. Maybe that's something you can work on with your spouse. But some sort of accountability structure is really common and really helpful. So that's ingredient number one, motivation. What's your why? How does it help you create or support your identity habit? And who's going to help keep you accountable? So step one was motivation. Naturally, you need to know why you want to go somewhere before you get going. But that brings us to step two. 
destination. Where do you want to go? What will success look like? If you don't set the GPS, how will you know when you get there? This is Brian Scudamore from 1-800-GOD-JUNK in episode 332 of the Side Hustle Show. My number one tip would be anyone out there who wants to improve their life, improve their business, grow a business, I'd say come up with your vision. What is your painted picture, I call it, of where you're going? Now, I sat down on a dock, my parents' summer cottage, when I was at a million in revenue, and I wrote down on paper, one page double-sided, our painted picture, which said we'd be in the top 30 metros in North America, we'd be the FedEx at junk removal, we'd be on the Oprah Winfrey show. All these things and more happened because we had a destination, a clear vision of what that future would look like. So for anyone in life, I think it's what's your painted picture? What does your life look like in three to five years and write it down? There's been a lot written and said about creating so-called smart goals, and maybe you're even in the midst of some New Year's resolutions this month. It's been a few years for me since I've created any year-long goals, but I did go through this painted picture exercise from Brian along with my wife, which was helpful to kind of draw out and project into the future what our ideal days look like. What's your perfect average day? Now, for short-term goals, what I tend to do these days is work in one to three-month project sprints, and most often in four-week chunks. Like, here's what I want to get done in this time frame, and now I can break down all the steps needed to get there. An interesting counterpoint to this was Paul Jarvis in episode 329. Paul explained that in a lot of businesses, goals are just glorified guesses, and that you may not need to grow for the sake of growth. Here's his number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. Yeah, I think it would probably be that most goals are fake. <laughs> I think that if we set these, if we set goals, we need to have reasons for setting goals. In the beginning, I was like, I want to make a million dollars a year. And that sounds like a good goal, but it wasn't based on, like I didn't need a million dollars a year. And so I gave it up after working my butt off for just a couple months. So I think if we're setting goals, we need to set goals that realistically accomplish a need that we have instead of just, oh, a legitimate entrepreneur makes a million dollars a year. A legitimate business does like 20% growth in their MRR. So I think that we need to consider if the goals we have are real or fake because the, the fake ones can end up hurting us. So set goals that are based on real needs and grounded in reality. These are destinations you can feel good about reaching and you can celebrate those moments. But at least for me, what I've found is that every destination is a false summit in some way, to make a, a mountain climbing metaphor. It's another milepost on the journey, and I'm happy to have gotten there, but I still have to answer the question, what's next? But that's ingredient number two. Most of the successful side hustlers and entrepreneurs I've talked to share that trait of having a destination in mind, whether they call it a goal or a vision, or a roadmap, they have an idea of where they want to go. And that idea tends to dictate, but not always, the business model they choose to pursue. Now, how to get there. That's what the next several steps focus on. Step three is foundation. You can't build a long-lasting, sturdy building without a strong foundation. And in this case, I'm talking about your current physical and mental foundation there's a quote that's stuck with me, and it's either in Essentialism or The One Thing, and I remember that because I read those books back-to-back -back a few years ago, and it said, if you don't take care of your body, 
where will you live? There's a similar quote that's attributed to Jim Rohn. But you rely on your body and your mind for work, so it only makes sense to take good care of it. On the physical side, that means nutrition, that means sleep, that means exercise. There's been a bit of, quote, hustle backlash in the last few years over the idea that if you're not working 16 hours a day, seven days a week, you're somehow slacking. And that's never what the term has meant for me. The inspiration actually came from an old baseball coach of mine. He said, look, you're going to have bad days at the plate, you're going to have bad days in the field, but hustle never slumps. It's the one element of the game you can control your own effort. And that's what hustle means to me. And you can take that same proactive attitude towards your health. If you don't take care of your body, where are you going to live? That's the physical foundation piece, making sure you're fueling your body, getting enough sleep, and moving. On the mental side, Dane Maxwell from thefoundation.com gave us an interesting test to check if your mindset is in the right place. He asked, do you have or are you getting the results you want? Do you have or are you getting the results you want? If you're not there, there's some room for mindset growth. And as I'm learning, this is not a box you can simply check off and move on. Like, yep, mindset's good. It's recognizing there's going to be lots of mental blocks to break through over time. And perhaps the most important mindset win of all is this understanding, knowing that yes, you can get through them. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over three and a half million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. You've probably heard the stories of entrepreneurs who sacrificed their health for the sake of their business. 
But that's not what I've heard from hundreds of side hustle show guests. They make health, both physical and mental, a priority. And that's why it lands as the foundation ingredient here in this episode. The foundation piece is your starting point. That's what you're building on. A pet peeve of mine is to say, starting from scratch, because nobody ever really starts from scratch. You've got this whole lifetime up until now of experiences and skills and networks to lean on, and that stuff makes for a great foundation. Step number four is education, and the good news is you found an incredible resource for entrepreneurial education. The Side Hustle Show and podcasts like it have hundreds and hundreds of in-depth interviews and case studies, so you've got that part covered. It's at this stage, the education stage, where you're evaluating different business ideas, selecting the ones that are most appealing to you, and kind of testing the waters. It's also the stage where if you have an existing business, you're constantly learning and improving and investing in your own education as an entrepreneur. There are a couple things I want to point out here that I found common amongst past guests as it results to education. Those are the practice of learning as you go or just-in-time learning and mentorship. Just-in-time learning is the understanding that you can still start today with what you have and what you know and figure out the rest later. Figure out the rest as you need it. Like if I stopped learning the day I walked off campus for the last time, none of this would exist. And I think you have an inherent understanding of that. But I still see people getting caught up asking questions that might be pertinent six or 12 months down the road, but certainly shouldn't be roadblocks from them getting started today. There are tons of amazing resources for the education you need today. There are free resources like blogs, podcasts, YouTube channels. There are inexpensive online course options like Udemy or Skillshare. Then there are some premium online courses with perhaps more community or instructor involvement. But you hear pretty commonly these days, I learned everything I could from the podcasts. I took an online course. I watched a bunch of YouTube videos. No matter what you need to know, somebody probably already knows it and they may be willing to teach you. The last note I'll make on step number four, education, is mentorship. Smart side hustlers and entrepreneurs know that they don't have to reinvent the wheel, but can instead seek mentorship, either formal or informal, from somebody who's already walked the path. Step number five is execution. This is doing the work. And this is the fun part where you actually do the thing that gets you paid. There are hundreds of episodes on this exact topic, or you can hit up sidehustlenation.com slash ideas if you're still on the hunt for a side hustle idea. But I want to touch on a couple things related to execution that have stood out to me over the years. The first is focus. One common trait among successful side hustlers and entrepreneurs is they've been able to put on the blinders to everything that wasn't a priority for them. I'm getting better at this myself, but I'll admit it can still be a struggle. Remember the focusing question from the one thing. What's the one thing I can do right now such that by doing it, everything else will become easier or unnecessary? What's the one thing I can do right now such that by doing it, everything else will become easier or unnecessary. Rosemary Groner from BusyBudgeter.com and several Side Hustle Show episodes put it this way. It was really important for me to basically be able to be full-time income within a year. And if I wasn't able to make full-time income in a year, I was going to have to walk away. Like that, There was just no way to make this happen any other way. 
So I eliminated anything that I wasn't the most important thing for my growth. So I didn't answer all of those spam emails that you get there that are like, hey, can you put this as infographic in, in your blog post? Like, no, I didn't even read them. I didn't answer every blog comment, which is something that pretty much everyone tells you to do. I didn't do all the things that everybody else thought was important. I just focused on Elite Blog Academy, which I was in at the time. And I only worked 10 hours a week. And as I grew out of that, what I realized was that you don't have to work 50, 60, 70 hours a week to make it an insane income blogging. There's very little overhead in blogging. And if you spend your time doing the things that make you the most amount of money consistently, and you eliminate doing the things that make you less amount of money consistently, your income naturally grows. Like it's almost impossible to fail at this. She makes it sound so simple, doesn't she? I need to go back and re-listen to that one. That was episode 268, if you want to check it out. One habit that has been really helpful for me is a super simple one. And that's just been writing down my top three priorities for tomorrow, the night before. It's a tactic echoed by Noah Kagan here in episode 237. And at night, I just write down three things, three, you know, sometimes four, sometimes less. What am I doing the next day? And it just kind of gives you this inspiration. As you said, hey, what's my one thing? I just, I'm like, I wake up in the morning, I have my to-do list and I just go at it. And the idea that I spend a little bit more time, I think there's that balance of spending a little bit more time thinking about what I'm going to do before I just go do it. And then having that like clear, like go attack this list when I get up first thing in the morning has dramatically made me more productive. That way, when I start work, I know exactly what to work on and in what order. And this is one of the keystone habits that I've baked into my progress journal as well, progressjournal.net, if you want to check it out and grab a copy. And one of the most effective people I know, John Lee Dumas, called this concept winning tomorrow today in episode 214. But the few things that I am good at are number one, I win tomorrow today. So what exactly does that mean? It means I don't wake up in the morning and say, okay, what am I going to do today? Let me kind of fiddle around for a while and figure that out and use my brain cells and my bandwidth and my energy to do that. I already know exactly what I'm doing from the minute that I open my eyes up because I win tomorrow today. The night before I sat down and I crafted out what my morning routine is going to be and what my major goals for that day are. So I know, I basically go to sleep and have dreams about it in a good way so that I know when I wake up, I'm off to the races because when you wake up, you have a certain amount of great brain cells, great energy to crush it. So don't waste it trying to figure out what to do. Just basically get that running start and just get moving first thing in the morning. So that's how you win tomorrow today. You write down what you're going to do and then you execute on that. This execution step is the part we tend to focus on the most, the actual day-to-day labor of our business. And I think that's for good reason. It is critically important. But inside this execution step is a whole world of strategy and optimization. I think you'll like the e-myth by Michael Gerber on how to avoid building yourself a job in this stage if that's not what you want. I think you'll like 80-20 sales and marketing by Perry Marshall for how to maximize your profitability in this stage. But as fun and exciting as the execution step is, our list doesn't end there. Now, so far, we've covered a bunch of shuns from motivation, destination, foundation, education, and execution. And that brings me to step number six, or shun number six, which is reflection. This is the step where you take a step back, you hit pause for a minute, and you ask yourself what you got done. You ask yourself, what's working right now? What's going well? What's not going so well? It's in this reflection step where you can often uncover 
new opportunities for improvement. Like maybe a certain ad campaign was a hit, or maybe you found a new source of clients or reliable team members, or maybe you found yourself doing a lot of work that really wasn't very enjoyable or effective. But if you don't take the time to reflect and analyze, you're not going to be able to adjust course. I try and practice this through my progress journal on a nightly, weekly, and monthly basis, and on the blog in my quarterly progress reports. It's a time to say, okay, here's what I worked on. Did those things drive results? And if not, why not? I like doing this regularly because it gives me a way to measure the impact that my work is having. Like I'm reasonably confident I'm productive at work. I'm doing the work of the labor of it. But is that work effective? Is it moving me closer to my goals, or to my vision? The other element of the reflection step is a gratitude practice. And this is just a super simple habit of making a quick note of the things you're grateful for on a daily basis. Big things, small things, doesn't matter what made you happy today, what made you smile. This little habit is one that's scientifically proven to improve your mood and happiness. And finally, step number seven is repetition. This is what I call the hustle habit, and you may have heard it described as the slight edge or the compound effect or the 20-mile march, but the idea here is simply consistency. Of all the entrepreneurs I've talked to, the seventh common step many of them share is a remarkable persistence and consistency to keep showing up, to keep learning, to keep evolving, to keep doing the work. And even when they don't feel like it, even when things aren't going well. And over time, that wins. Bjork Ostrom from Food Blogger Pro called this the 1% infinity habit way back in episode 46. For me, the number one tip would be, I call it 1% infinity. So what does it look like to continually improve in really small percentages over time? I can attribute a lot of the success to Pinch of Yum to not necessarily huge ideas that we implemented over a long period of time, but like really small things that we've done, like right before I've gone to bed. An example would be, I was thinking about starting Food Blogger Pro and I said, you know what, I'm just going to email these developers that have done a membership site before and just see what they say about possibly building a site. And it was really that email that was the, the catalyst into Food Blogger Pro And it was just that one little 1% that it took a little bit of a mental jump, like, oh, I'd really love to go to bed right now, but I'm just going to shoot him an email real quick. Okay. How can you get 1% better today? How can you do 1% better? How could you be 1% better? These tiny incremental gains really start to compound. And I think that's evident in the results of almost all my guests and certainly the ones featured today. Remember, every all-star was once a rookie, every expert was once a beginner, but they got 1% better every day. They committed to the seventh step, the repetition step. They got in their reps, and you can do the same in your business. This podcast is a perfect illustration of this in real life. Trying to get a little better behind the mic every week, but for better or worse, nobody gets to start on episode 369. Everybody's got to start with episode number one, customer number one, subscriber number one, so get after it. You know, follow these seven steps. Let me know what you think. I'll put the full text summary and links to all the resources mentioned over at sidehustlenation.com slash seven steps. That's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show. Hustle on.